The following is a co-production of Belmont Council on Aging and the Belmont Media Center. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Talking News, stories from the Belmont Citizen Herald, read by volunteers from the Beach Street Center. This week, our readers are Max, Thomas, and Claire, reporting on news and events in Belmont. And now, on with the show, and I turn it to Max. Thank you, Bob. Who Earns the Most in Belmont by Joanna K. Tsuvelis. Who are Belmont's top earners? Is it who you think? Of all of Belmont's town and school employees, 253 earned $100,000 or more in compensation last year, according to the town's treasurer's office. Compensation accounts for 75% of the town's overall budget, according to Warrant Committee Chair Lori Slapp. Topping the list as the highest town earner for FY20 is John Phelan, Superintendent of Belmont Public Schools, who earned $232,883.22 as of December 31st, 2019, according to the W-2 provided by the town treasurer's office. Second on the list of top earners as of December 31st, 2019 is Belmont Police Lieutenant Detective Christopher Donahue with total earnings of $218,640.28, which includes details and overtime pay. Third is Belmont Police Officer Franz Strassman at $213,280.50, which includes detail and overtime. Fourth is now retired police chief Richard McLaughlin, who earns $208,017.19. Fifth is now retired Belmont fire chief David Frizzle, who earns $208,017.19. Sixth is former Belmont Light general manager Christopher Roy, who earned $189,065.90. Seventh is Town Administrator Patrice Garvin at $188,245.78. Eighth is Belmont Police Lieutenant Darren DeMagistris, earning $187,658.61. Ninth is Belmont Police, Church, Police Lieutenant Shiraz Banosian at $180,169.15. And tenth is now retired Belmont Police Captain John Peter Hoare, at $173,416.37. The school board voted on Phelan's new contract on January 7th, 2020, 20, 2020 yes, which brought his total earnings to $243,049 as of July 1st, 2020, which includes travel and insurance stipends. According to the new five-year contract for Phelan, which expires June 30th, 2025, Phelan's base salary will increase 3% as of July 1st, 2021, another 3% as of July 1st, 2022, 3.5% as of July 1st, 2023, and 4% as of July 1st, 2024. In addition, Phelan will receive an annual retention benefit starting at $7,000 in 2021 and 2022, increasing to $8,000 in 2023 and 2024. He will also receive an annual travel stipend starting at $6,180 in 2021 and increasing to $6,852 by 2024. His other earnings include an annual stipend for the cost of disability and dental insurance 
starting at $5,891.60 in 2021 and increasing to $6,627 by 2024. Now over to Thomas. Thank you, Max. Harbor Seal visits Mystic River. The storm earlier this week didn't just bring torrential winds and rain. The Mystic River received a welcome visitor. On December 1st, a group of local wildlife enthusiasts spotted and photographed a harbor seal in the lower Mystic Lake. Weather reports on November 30th predicted nearly two inches of rain arriving in Greater Boston, following two inches of precipitation the previous week. Presumably anticipating the storm, operators of the Massachusetts DCR's Amelia Earhart Dam in Somerville opened the locks on the dam to drop the level of the river before the storm arrived. Following the migration path of the mighty river herring, the seal entered the river at the dam and swam upstream, swimming some eight miles from Boston Inner Harbor. The addition of a fish ladder in the Mystic Lakes Dam in 2012 has allowed the annual population of migrating river herring to triple from 200,000 to nearly 800,000. As this eco-success story unfolds, bald eagles, osprey, striped bass, American eel, muskrats, and hundreds of migrating ducks are also seen visiting the lakes each year. This also brings people to observe the wildlife. On an average day at the Mystic Lakes, dozens of photographers, bird watchers, fishermen, and kayakers enjoy the natural beauty hidden in the middle of the highly urbanized watershed. On December 1st, kayaker Dave Bernier saw what he believed was a large dog and proceeded to paddle to shore to alert the individual's president. They, Paul Roberts and John Blout, identified the harbor seal using binoculars and professional camera lenses. Upon hearing or noticing the large impediment to further progress, the Mystic Lakes Dam, the seal dove and retreated down the lake. John Blout, local photographer, drove to the end of the lake, hoping to observe it at the mouth of the lake, but was unable to locate the seal again. Local birder and wildlife enthusiast Paul Roberts noted, quote, the seal seemed to be in good health and was swimming strongly, and apart from the one prolonged stint with its head above water looking at the dam, most of its activity was subsurface. There was no suggestion of illness or disability, unquote. The seal has not been seen since. The National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, the agency responsible for marine mammal rescue in our region, is aware of the sighting. They believe the seal has returned to the ocean, but have advised community members to call their hotline if you see it at 866-755-6622. And now to clear. Thank you, Thomas. Mother and Daughter Team Open Clothing Boutique for Women and Children by Joanna K. Juvelis. Nusa and Natasha Perlmutter of Wuben are a mother and daughter team who did not let the COVID pandemic stop them from taking the chance and opening a retail store. Carol Chic Boutique officially opened its doors at 68 Leonard Street in Belmont Center, December 5th, where Bells and Whistles was previously located for nine years. 
Bells and Whistles closed the end of July due to the pressure of the COVID pandemic and the owner relocating to another state with her family. Carol Chic Boutique sells clothing from all over the world for women and children of all ages, as well as accessories including Kate Spade pocketbooks, jewelry, hats, scarves, stuffed animals, and ornaments. Accessories including jewelry and pocketbooks are sold at Belmont's newest storefront, Carol Chic Boutique, 68 Leonard Street. Nusa, who is originally from Brazil, said she loves fashion and got into the retail business when she was pregnant with Natasha, who is now 25. She used to have Carol Chic Boutique locations in Newton, Lexington, Arlington, but closed them all in 2009 due to the 2008 recession. Nusa and Natasha said they are not afraid to open during the pandemic. They have all the precautions in place. Masks are required, hand sanitizer at the entrance, and they limit how many people are in the store at once. They also offer appointment-only shopping. Carol Chic Boutique at 68 Leonard Street sells clothing for women of all ages and sizes from all over the world. Life goes on and the world can't stop and it brings joy to people, said Natasha. People are really happy to see that something has opened up. It's bright, it's colorful, and it gives them a little bit of joy. And I think right now we all need that. In the new year, Carol Chic Boutique will also be selling shoes for all ages. Nusa said 30% of her inventory will be shoes from Spain, Italy, Germany, and Brazil. She said she saw a need for a shoe retailer in Belmont, which is what drew her to the area. Natasha said they also saw a need for a dedicated children's clothing store in Belmont and will be expanding their children's department in the new year. Instead of people saying they are going to the Natick Mall, they'll say, we're going to go to Belmont Center because that's the new shopping destination. There really is almost everything here. You can go to clothing stores, the bank, take out more money, get pizza, and go to the toy store and the bookstore across the street, she said. For their grand opening celebration, everything is 20% off until today, December 22nd. Now here's Max. Thank you. Quotes from Belmont High School students about returning to in-person learning by Christine McLaughlin. Many Belmont High School students were extremely happy to be back in school this past week and shared how they felt returning to school after 10 months. Here's what some of them said. I felt mentally refreshed. I was getting complacent in my basement on a computer all day. It was so great to see friends and kids from other grades, male junior. I was feeling lost in physics. I understood it so much better in person with my teacher. I had such a good day. I already feel so much happier and productive after just two days in the school. I wish every day was spent in the building. Being in school and seeing people has made me feel so much better during these times. I feel safe in school and happy we've gone back. I'm already starting to understand math more and it's been so great to see my teachers in person. I feel so much more connected with my teachers after one day of being with them, which is already creating a better way of learning for me. I love being able to connect with my teachers in person. I feel that now I'm not only happier, but understanding the content better. It was just so good to get back in school and get back in the swing of things. 
I feel more engaged with my teachers. I got to see my favorite teacher. It's awesome being able to socialize and I feel like I'm learning better because teachers can help easier in person than through a computer. I noticed a difference in both my own happiness and quality of learning from the second I got into school. It's so easy to learn besides others versus at home and I am 100% more engaged. It's really refreshing to finally be in a learning environment again rather than having to create my own. Even with social distancing guidelines, it's so nice to see my classmates again. I feel like I learned more in 50 minutes than I have since March. Now over to Thomas. Thank you, Max. COVID baby boom? No, 2020 triggered a baby bust and that will have lasting impacts. Wyatt Grantham, USA Today. Early in the pandemic, there were jokes about quarantines prompting a baby boom, but roughly nine months since COVID-19 triggered a national emergency in the US, experts are reporting a baby bust. There will be significantly fewer newborns this winter and in 2021. Whether social distancing urged romantic partners to meet less or financial strain and childcare uncertainty caused families to hit pause on having kids, the coronavirus pandemic has led to a decline in both planned and unplanned pregnancies, experts said. Nationwide, a Thursday Brookings Institute report projects around 300,000 fewer births next year. In a report published Wednesday, Modern Fertility found that about 30% of women are changing their family plans with most deciding to delay conception. Everything about our lives has turned upside down, says Philip Levine, an economics professor at Wellesley College and co-author of the Brookings Report. And the size of the incoming COVID baby bust, he added, could have, quote, lasting implications for society, unquote. When stay-at-home orders first began in the spring, many playfully suggested that there would be a coronavirus baby boom. Levine explains that the incorrect speculation was likely based on similar myths about birth spikes seen nine months after electricity blackouts or blizzards, when many are stuck inside with their partners. Quote, it's this very nice myth that people have, he said, a very romantic image of society. It's probably not true even in those instances, but it's certainly not true now. The coronavirus pandemic isn't like a blackout or blizzard. The public health and economic crisis has impacted almost every aspect of daily life, including growing families. Quote, there's this kind of naive view that birth results in just putting men and women in a room together, but that's not really the way it works in modern society, said Philip N. Cohen, professor of sociology and demographer at the University of Maryland College Park. Cohen explains that unplanned pregnancies are declining because in efforts to reduce the spread of COVID-19, people are moving around and meeting less. In a survey published Wednesday by Modern Fertility, about 30% of nearly 4,000 women expressed that they were changing their fertility or family planning timelines this year. Of those who said they were changing their plans, almost half or 48%, decided to delay having kids. 26% became unsure about having kids altogether. 25% decided to accelerate their timelines for kids. 
Top reasons for accelerating timelines included the pandemic's role in emphasizing what's most important in life and being able to work from home and have a better work-life balance. In a June report, Levine and Melissa Carney, an economics professor at the University of Maryland and non-resident senior fellow at the Brookings Institution, projected that the nation could see 300,000 to 500,000 fewer births in 2021. In a December update published on Thursday, Levine and Carney stood by their initial prediction of a large reduction in births, but they projected that the number would likely be closer to 300,000. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the number of US births in 2019 was the lowest recorded since 1985, totaled at approximately 3.75 million, down 1% from 2018. To put the projected COVID baby bus numbers in perspective, 300,000 fewer births would represent about an 8% decrease from last year's three and three quarters million births or eight times the drop seen between 2018 and 2019. The US has seen declining numbers of births for years, most recently following the Great Recession of 2007 to 2009. But the COVID-19 baby bust could contribute to an even more significant drop. It's possible that this is two things coming together at once, falling birth rates on top of falling birth rates, said Cohen, whose research has already, has already found birth declines in 2020, even before the accepted start of COVID baby bust births. From childcare intensive industries to the workforce size and social security, Levine says the size of the COVID baby bust, mixed with declines already seen from the Great Recession, could have lasting implications on the economy. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Thomas. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. It's hard to believe that Christmas is almost here. Are you ready to imagine a new way of making Christmas special for those people around us that need your love, hope, and warmth? We've become so accustomed to keeping our distance from each other that I have to admit, I miss seeing the smiling faces that are now covered by masks and the love shared by a big warm hug. For so many, Christmas will be another day of loneliness and isolation unless we are able to reach out to them. Sometimes it is hard to find happiness in the coldest and darkest months of the year. We watch the evening news and begin to think that the world is a place of sadness. Not to mention the new challenges of facing our own struggles with illness, loss, and family turmoil alone. I read again the response to Virginia O'Hanlon's question. Is there a Santa Claus? As we approach this joyous season, the answer is one that should help us all keep focused on what true happiness means. It reads in part, Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be men's or children's are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant, in his intellect as compared with the boundless world about him. 
as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist. And you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas, how dreary would be the world if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith. Then no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. Not believe in Santa Claus? You might as well not believe in fairies. You might get your papa to hire men to watch in all the chimneys on Christmas Eve to catch Santa Claus. But even if you did not see Santa Claus coming down, what would that prove? Nobody sees Santa Claus, but that is no sign that there is no Santa Claus. The most real things in the world are those that neither children nor men can see. Did you ever see fairies dancing on the lawn? Of course not, but that's no proof that they are not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all the wonders there are unseen and unseeable in the world. This response written in the New York Sun in 1897 still applies to each of us today in all we do, no matter the month. It is a message about having a strong faith, truly believing and finding peace and joy in the world. It is also a message about staying focused on the positive in life, despite all the negative messages bombarding us each day. This message should also inspire us to do even more this year to reach out to those who need us the most. Call your family, send a note to your neighbors, let the postal carrier know you enjoy seeing them each day, or pause to say a prayer for your loved ones. Share your faith with those wavering and believe when others begin to question. Find happiness, joy, and peace in your daily life and be humble in knowing you've been given a gift to help others. Your actions today can bring a bright light of hope to others and a star to follow in the darkness. Now over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Things to do while stuck inside due to a pandemic. As concerts are postponed, sporting events are canceled, schools are closed and tourist hotspots are shut down, Experts recommend that even those who show no signs of illness stay home during this time of global pandemic. That's right, it's advised that you self-quarantine in case you haven't noticed over the last nine months. Although remaining inside is a good way to protect yourself and others from the coronavirus and is an important measure to help flatten the curve of daily cases that put pressure on our healthcare system, it could lead to a lesser evil, boredom and stir craziness. What's there to do while stuck indoors? We've compiled some suggestions to help make your time quarantined as interesting and possibly even productive as possible. <clears throat> Complete a puzzle. The more pieces, the better. Feeling extra saucy? Take on a Rubik's Cube. More of a word person? Crossword puzzle. Start a journal or blog. Sure, it can be about the coronavirus, but it could also be about a specific interest from chess to cheese. If it won't bother your neighbors, dust off that old instrument and practice. Text all your exes just in case you have one more thing you wanted to get off your chest. 
Yeah, that sounds like an excellent idea. Write poetry. Perhaps you can craft a haiku for Mother's Day or something without a specific structure. Just try it. Watch all the really long movies you've avoided until now. Download Duolingo or a similar app and teach yourself a foreign language. Finally, read Infinite Jest, <clears throat> Les Miserables, or even The Stand. Go all in and read Ulysses. You got this. Meditate. Try lying down with your eyes closed, palms up, and while focusing on your breath. Or spend 20 minutes sitting cross-legged and repeat a soothing word to yourself in your head. The latter is more like transcendental meditation. Face masks, moisturizers, oh my. Treat yourself to a 10-step skincare routine you don't have time for during a normal work week. And now over to Thomas. Thank you, Max. <clears throat> How often should I start my car and let it idle in cold weather? Answer, don't, from USA Today. With temperatures dropping and expectations of heavy snow, Many car owners are asking, how often should I start my car to warm it up? Experts at AAA, a federation of motor clubs, say it's not a good idea to warm your car up to keep it from freezing. 95% of the cars on the road today don't use carburetors, so you no longer need to warm them up on cold days, says Mike Calkins, manager of technical services for AAA. Drivers should start their engine and allow it to idle only for the time it takes you to fasten your seatbelt. This time ensures lubricating oil gets to all of the engine's vital parts. Quote, driving the car normally and avoiding hard acceleration brings the engine to a warmer temperature faster and also reduces wear and exhaust emissions, said Cliff Rudd, managing director of automotive for AAA. Naturally, a little longer idle time is okay in the winter while you clear snow and ice from your windshield and other car parts. To prevent any mishaps during the winter season, drivers must check their engine coolant level or antifreeze, according to Rude. Checking it frequently prevents engine freeze up in winter and also protects against rust and corrosion year round. Quote, only check the coolant level when the engine is cold and not running, said Rude. If the coolant is low, add to the lowest level marker and not any higher. If you're unsure, visit a trusted repair facility and they can assist. Another tip is checking your battery and charging systems to make sure they're in good shape. During frigid temperatures, battery posts and cable connections with clean connections ensure a reliable start. Drivers should also make sure they clean their headlights, replace old wiper blades, and inspect their tires' tread depth and pressure for good visibility and traction. And now, back to Claire. Thank you, Thomas. With COVID cases rising, Belmont Town buildings will be closed through January 3rd, if not longer, by Franklin Tucker. Due to the rising number of positive COVID-19 cases in Massachusetts, all Belmont Town buildings, with the exception of the police headquarters, will be closed to the public, effective Monday, December 14. The closure will last into the new year until Sunday, January 3rd, 2021, and may be extended. The Belmont Public Library will continue to serve patrons outside of the buildings as well as virtually. In an email to residents, 
Town officials said the town will continue to provide the same high level of service that our residents and businesses have come to expect. A directory of the town departments can be found online at https www.belmont-massgov-departments. Phone numbers of all offices have been posted on the doors of the town hall and Homa Municipal Building. Now, here's Bob. Thank you, Claire. We hope you enjoyed this week's Talking News. You can listen and watch Talking News on Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. on Channel 9 on Comcast and Channel 29 on Verizon. You can also listen to the Talking News anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on iTunes or at belmontmedia.org forward slash podcasts. Tune in next week. I'm Bob Fellerman.